Hi, and welcome to River Community Fellowship. Thank you for tuning into our Word Wednesday podcast. During this lesson, Pastor Phil will be talking about the role of the husband in the family as he takes us through the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 25 through 33. Welcome to another live stream River Community Fellowship Word Wednesday. I'm so glad that you can join with me this evening. It's been a couple weeks that I've been able to get back to this topic here. Uh, we're going to continue tonight in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to be looking at verses 25 through 33. We're going to be looking at the role of the husband. Uh, in our previous message the uh, Bible study we had here in Ephesians, we were talking about the role of the wife. And I just want to read those few verses in Ephesians 5, 22 through 24. But before we do tonight, please join with me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful tonight because your word is always the same. It never changes. We thank you tonight, Holy Spirit, because you are the revealer of the mysteries of truth, and you continue to reveal those mysteries to us as we search out the scriptures. And tonight, as we get into this word, I pray that our hearts and our eyes would be open to see the truths that are written in your word, and we give you the glory, and we give you the honor tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's dive right into this tonight. So, we began this topic. It's really, the topic that we're covering here is really uh, ministering the word, Paul again is ministering the word to the Ephesian church. He's in Ephesus and he's dealing with family life in these passages of scripture. And he begins this in Ephesians 5.22 and ends in 5.33, but it also goes well into Ephesians 6 where he begins to talk about children and their parents. So we're going to continue that in the weeks to come. So I just want to read those three verses that, I, that, we, that we touched on in the weeks prior. It's about marriage like Christ in the church. In Ephesians 5.22, it says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as a service to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives should be subject to their husbands in everything, respecting both their position as protector and their responsibility to God as head of the house. We're not going to go ahead and get into that. I just wanted to read that tonight. Uh, if you want to... Uh, go into further study of that. You can look at previous uh, Word Wednesdays, and we have the whole lesson on that. But tonight we're going to be focusing on the role of the husband. And the Bible says here in Ephesians 5.25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, seek the highest good for her, and surround her with a caring, unselfish love, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify the church, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with, with the word of God, so that in turn he might present the church to himself in glorious splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy, set apart for God, and blameless. Even so husbands should and are morally obligated to love their own wives as being, in a sense, their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever yet hated his own body, but instead he nourishes and protects and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members, parts of his body. And it goes on to say, For this reason, 
a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined and faithful and be faithfully devoted to his wife and the two shall become one flesh amen get that into your spirit tonight the two shall become one flesh amen glory to god this mystery of two becoming one is great but i'm speaking with reference to the relationship of christ and the church amen however each man among you, without exception, is to love his wife as his very own self, with behavior worthy of respect and esteem, always seeking the best for her with an attitude of loving kindness. Praise God. And the wife must see to it that she respects and delights in her husband, that she notices him and prefers him and treats him with loving concern, Treasuring him, honoring him, and holding him dear. Praise God. There's a lot to be said here in this passage of Scripture. So it begins here in verse 25 of Ephesians 5. Paul says, Husbands, love your wives. Amen. It's, it's, it's easier said than done. I know, guys. Sometimes we get into our, our ways of thinking and, and we get into our mindsets. But listen, the Holy Spirit came to deal with our the condition of our heart. He came to deal with our mindset. He came to deal with with our um, pride, uh, our man, our, our uh, what would you say, our, our machoism, <laughs> if you would say. Men want to be macho sometimes, you know, but when it comes to being a husband, we have to be that husband that cares, protects, that loves, and you know, and we have to learn how to find in our heart to be that type of man that God has called us to become. Amen. It said, seek the highest good for her and surround her with caring, unselfish love, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now that's a big, that is a big, huge, you know, word right there to us as brothers in the Lord, as, as, as husbands, amen, as men of God. Love her just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know, Christ laid his life down for the church. He didn't have to, but he did it. He did it because he loved us. He loved us so much that he was willing to take upon himself all the sins of the world. The church is, is in reference to the woman of God or the womb man of God because we carry the vision of God just like a woman carries the seed of, of truth inside of her and that, and that becomes manifest as it becomes a baby. Amen. God brings life into the world and Christ brought life into us. Amen. He put his word in us. Amen. The seed, the word of God. And the Bible says here, he, he loves us. We need to love our wives like Christ loves the church. He loves us so much because he believes that that word that he put in us will come alive, stay alive, and do great exploits for him in the days that we're living. Amen. Let's move on here. I want you to consider this for a minute. Ephesians 5.18. Okay, look at this scripture tonight. Just before the Apostle Paul lays out how husbands are to love their wives and how wives are to love their husbands, he tells us this in Ephesians 5.18. And this is really an eye-opener for all of us. 5.18, and I just want to read a portion of it. It says, Be filled with the Spirit. Amen. 
How many of you know uh, being filled with the Spirit means something that happens continually? It's not periodically. It's not from time to time. It's not when we want to just get our, you know, Holy Ghost goose bump, hot flash, and a cold chill going on. Amen. Or chicken skin, whatever you want to call it, goose bumps, praise God. You know, so many people are moved just by the emotional part of, but walking and living in the Spirit is hearing His voice, following His lead, letting Him be the lead in our family, in our marriage, number one. Praise God in our relationship to God, number one, in our marriage also is number one, and in the lives of raising kids, amen. And, and, and it goes on and on and on. This walk in the Spirit, this life in the Spirit is something that continues on until Jesus comes, till He returns. To live and walk in the Spirit is, is part of being a child of God, and we need to get used to it. And Paul says here in verse 518, be filled with the Spirit. In other words, let yourself be continually filled with the Spirit. I just want to say this tonight. The only way that a wife could submit to her husband, if, if, if that man is a man of God walking in the Spirit, the only way that a husband can love his wife like Christ loved the church if, is if that man or that woman is walking in the Spirit. Amen? So there has to be this spirit life. In, in, in this, this, I'm not making this spooky spiritual, but spirit life is really you know, walking with the understanding of who we are now in Christ. If any man is in Christ, amen, talking about male and female, if, if any of us are in Christ, we are a new creature. Old things have passed away, and all things are becoming new. Amen? So there is a process. Amen? You know, when I when I first got married to my wife, I used to hear all these things. You know, the first year is the hardest year. Hmm. You know, you know, get ready because you guys are in for a rude awakening. You know, I've always said love is blind. Amen? Marriage is an eye-opener, but kids are the reality. And I can honestly attest to that. Amen? Praise God. But I've never struggled in my first year of marriage. Amen. You know, I just kind of let that thing go in one ear and out the other because I was totally dependent on my relationship with God being this, being Him being at the center of my life, the Holy Spirit being at the center of my life, following His lead, following His voice, asking Him to help me become the man of God that He desired me to become. And I'm not saying instantly it happens overnight, okay? This is a process even in our own lives. Because God has to deal with our pride. He has to deal with our lust. You know, two things the Lord is against, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And God it begins immediately dealing with these areas of our life. And as we subject ourselves to Him, as we submit ourselves to Him, He helps us then into becoming those men and women of God that when God joins us together in holy matrimony, when the two become one flesh, we learn how to live and walk according to the Spirit. Amen? We can't love outside of the Spirit. It's impossible. Amen? It becomes superficial. It becomes a manufactured type of love. And it becomes a conditional type of love where, you know, you do good to me, I do good to you. You do bad to, bad to me, I do bad to you. You know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, as some would say. And that's not how we live. As spirit-filled believers, we live under the grace and mercy of God with this unconditional love towards one another. Amen. So let's look at this. When a husband and wife make God's presence the center of their home, they will experience a, transport, a transformed life Filled with a love for one another. 
How many of you out there tonight want to live a transformed life? Amen. It is my heart's desire to continually live a transformed life. Amen. You know, a transformed life is one that is subject to God, subject to the Holy Spirit. It says, Lord, have your way in my life. Have your way and lead me in this walk that you've called me to walk into. You know, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to have, you know, differences in our life with the things that God is doing. Amen. Sometimes we're going to try to go against the grain of his word. God gives us the opportunity to make the choices. Amen. And I thank God for that because every wrong choice I've made, I've learned and he's brought me back to the place where I need to be. And that's what happens in our life is, is being husbands and wives. We learn how to walk in his grace and mercy. We're not always going to be the perfect couple. Okay. There, there's sometimes, um, me and my wife always laugh because we, you know, we said, are, 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 am I getting your goat? <laughs> in other words, am I getting on your nerves? You know, and, you know, we, from time to time, you know, we may say things or uh, we may have a certain type of attitude. We may have a certain type of character. Uh, we may just be, you know, just maybe, we may be in the funk that day. You know what I mean? It may be a funky day for us. So all of a sudden now, you know, we're, we're, we're speaking out more than, than we should. Amen. We're not thinking before we speak. And sometimes that can cause problems, it can cause controversy, it can cause issues. And we have to make sure we check our heart, amen, and, and line up with the Holy Ghost and know that He's in charge, amen. So there are four Greek words for love, which are, there are agape, phileo, eros, and storge, amen. Again, four Greek words that define love, agape, phileo, eros, and storge. So these are the definitions of the Greek words for love. Agape or agapeo means an unconditional love. The love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation. Amen. Glory to God for that. Hallelujah. The second type of love that I mentioned here tonight is phileo. It is a love between friends. Amen. The third is eros. It's the sense of being in love. It's a sensual type of love. And um, storge is the last one. It's, it's the love of family, parent, child, siblings, cousins, etc. In a very close family, agape is felt as well. But tonight we're focusing on agape or agapeo, which is the unconditional love of God. Amen. The love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation. You know, when we become husband and wife, there's this unconditional love that we begin to experience. We've never, we've never, the two have never become one because we've always been our own individual self. And you know, when you become one, you can no longer be your own individual self. I mean, you can have your own identity, obviously. Amen. Doesn't mean you're going to dress the same and act the same. Amen. You're going to have your, your own ideas, but I'm talking about one in the spirit. Amen. You're going to become one and you're going to have the same, begin to have the same desires because you're, you're meshing together. You're getting closer. There's this unity. There's this bond of covenant, this bond of agreement that cannot be broken in the spirit. And Paul goes on to say here, we're going to look at this. Husbands, love your wives. Again, it's only as a leader. Get this, men of God. It's only as a leader that your wife will submit to you. Amen. It's only as you take the role as lead. 
She's not going to submit to a tyrant. She's not going to submit to somebody that says, I'm your superior. You know, I'm your superior. You know, I'm going to be a tyrant to you, so you have to. You know, I've heard people say, you have to uh, submit to me because the Bible says so. And I'm like, really? You know, your heart is unsubmitted to God. You're not willing to follow the ways of the Lord. You're not willing to follow the will of God in your own life. And you want me to submit to your disobedience. And the Lord, you know, is, is, is not one that's going to force himself on us. Amen. And it's the same way with us, men of God. We can't force our wives to love us. They have to know that we love them with an unconditional love. And as we pour out our heart to them in all honesty, and they know our strengths, they know our weaknesses, but they see us continually pressing in the things of God. They see us in the Word. They see us talking to the Lord. They see us, you know, in our character and our actions. It's going to cause them to love. It's going to cause our wives to love us, and it's going to cause us to love them even more. So, as mentioned in the previous Word Wednesday, being a leader, okay, doesn't give us the right, a husband, the right to rob his wife of being the unique individual that she is. I want to just say this tonight. Men of God, husbands, your wife is a very unique individual. She was created just for you. Amen. God brought her into your life. Amen. You know, the Bible says that when when Adam, when God took Eve out of Adam, and he closed, he took him out of his side and closed up his side, that man was in a deep sleep. Amen. And you know, when when he woke up, there, there was this beautiful, you know, woman of God that he'd never seen was standing before him. And he was, he was drawn to her beauty, drawn to her uniqueness, drawn to who she was. She was unlike him, but she was somehow like him. Amen. And he knew right away that this was a gift from God. So remember, men of God, husbands, your wife is a gift from God. She's unique in everything that she does. And, you, and we, we should pay attention to what our wives say because sometimes they're more sensitive than we are. And they, they're paying attention to the details while we're just looking at the overall picture. Amen? And that's why we, we compliment one another in, in marriage and relationship because we become one. Amen? We don't get to disregard. A husband doesn't get to disregard or mock her, his wife's opinions or feelings. All of us, every one of us, are entitled to our opinions and to our own feelings. We should never misuse leadership to get our own way. Men, never use your leadership as a husband to get your own way. Because that is, that is manipulation. That is deception. And really, that is like having a form of witchcraft over the one that God meant you to be one with. Amen. So we're not we're not called husbands to disregard or mock her opinions and feelings, but we should never misuse our leadership to get our own way. Amen. So marriage between a man and a woman requires not just love, watch this now, but a sacrificial, unconditional love for one another. Amen. Glory to God. Marriage between a man and a woman requires not just love, but a sacrificial, unconditional love for each other. You know, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You know, that was a sacrificial type of love. God, the Father, sent his Son into the world. He laid down his life. Amen. 
He loved us so much that He laid down His life. And that's how we, men of God, husbands, we ought to be willing to lay down our lives for the one that God brought into our life to make us become one in the Spirit and one in the flesh. Amen. We are shown in the Word how married couples are to emulate this unselfish, amen, sacrificial love of Christ. Amen. It has to be an unselfish, sacrificial love for one another. Amen. We can be focused on self. We, we live in such a, a, a self-consumed society today that when you talk about the marriage relationship, because it, it's, it's all messed up in the world's eyes. We got, you know, we got the, the, the wrong individuals getting married to the wrong individuals. We got gender confusion. We got all this stuff going on. And I'm talking about the world's way that it, that it is so contrary to the biblical standard of marriage. Amen. And and when we when we look at that, and when 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 the as believer looks at that today, sometimes they they lean into things that are contrary to sound doctrine. They lean into things that do not have any elements of truth, but they are full of deception. And when that happens, it distorts the view of the realness of marriage and the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman. You know, the Holy Spirit leads us in our marriage, and that's where it all begins. To help us who've been joined together to understand the nature of God's care. That's the way it was in the beginning. We're, we're shown all through the Word how to emulate this unselfish, unconditional love for one another. Amen. That's grounded. Watch this. It's grounded in the Word. Hallelujah. Married couples, wives, husbands, stay rooted and grounded and built up in the Word. Amen. Be a lover of the Word of God. Love the Word of God. Let God write His Word on the table of your heart. Search the Scriptures because they testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. Read your Word. Amen. Not religiously, but relationally. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, reveal something to me I've not seen. Help me to know and to understand what you are doing in my life, what you're doing in my relationship with my husband or with my wife. Help me to see, to know and to understand the, the person you've called me to be so I can be effective in my relationship and grow in grace and mercy and greater love for my wife or for my husband. Amen. Ephesians 5, 28, 30 says, Even so husbands should and are morally obligated to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. That's huge. Love our wives as our own bodies. I don't think, men of God, brothers, any of you have ever hated yourself. Amen. You know, I've never, I don't think you, you get up in the morning and, and look in the mirror as you're preparing for your day and washing up and getting ready for the day and you say, I hate, I hate you. <laughs> I don't think any of us ever say that. You know, we may hate our actions that we that we've been living in or that we've been allowing but we don't hate ourselves amen and in the same way you know we need to love our wives as we love ourselves amen i'm not talking about being in love with yourself so much that you're going to be taking selfies of yourself all the time amen we live we live in a selfie self-consumed generation where everything revolves around the individual 
Again, it's not about just a individual. It's about the two becoming one. We're talking about the relationship between a wife and a husband. But tonight we're focusing on the role of the husband. We talked about the wife in weeks prior. And we're going to continue on this in the weeks to come. Amen. When we talk about the roles of the children in the relationship to father and mother. Amen. But tonight we're on the role of the husband. So husbands should and are morally obligated to love your wives as your own bodies because he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever yet hated his own body, but instead he nourishes and protects and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Amen. Praise God. You know, all you brothers that are out there, you know, lifting weights, you know, you're in the gym. Well, the gyms aren't open right now because the whole, you know, stuff we're going through with COVID. But you guys are out there, you know, driving iron. You know, and I know how it is. I've been to the gym when I was a young man, you know, and you're lifting weights and you're starting to see a little bit of mass and you start looking at your arms, you know, you're looking in the mirror, looking at your arms, you know, it's it's almost like you're in love with yourself, you know what I mean? You're looking at your arms and you're you're flexing and you're you're feeling good about life, you're feeling healthy, you're like, man, I'm I'm feeling conditioned, I'm feeling you know, it, the same way that you admire yourself. It's the same way you should admire your wife. You should look at her and say, man, she looks better and better each and every day. Amen. You know, my wife looks more beautiful to me now than she did. Not that she wasn't beautiful when we got married, when she was a young girl. But she looks more beautiful now because our love for one another has grown stronger. So it goes beyond just the outward appearance. It's what we feel and what we sense on the inside. It's that spirit that bears witness with her spirit and her spirit bearing witness with my spirit that we are genuinely one and called as one in God. Amen. That's a beautiful thing. That's what the Bible says. Rejoice with the wife of your youth. Glory to God. Again in this passage of Ephesians 5, Paul is addressing the church in Ephesus. He's not speaking to those who are living in immorality outside of the covenant relationship with God. You know, the Ephesian church dealt with a lot of immorality. And we have to remember that there was a big old sexual revolution going on in the Greek culture. I mean, there there was, you know, much of what we're dealing with today, there, there was, you know, all kinds of prostitution. There was, you know, homosexualism, men with men, women with women. You know, nothing's changed in in the world since Greek culture. It's just gotten progressively worse. Amen. And, you know, those sins were very uh, prevalent in those days. And the Ephesian church was birthed in the midst of all this evil. And Paul was letting them know, listen, you got you to gotta be a lover of one woman, your wife. You got to be a lover of one man, your husband. And you got to stay connected as one. Amen. And he was really driving this message home, amen, to the Ephesian church in Ephesus. He was driving this message home because he was speaking to those that possibly were living an immoral lifestyle. You know, there are some today, even within the church, that are living in an immoral lifestyle. And I don't have to go into detail with all of this, amen. I'm focusing tonight on the role of the husband. But I'm bringing this point out because Paul is speaking to the Ephesian church here and he's speaking to us as well. Amen. That we have to be free from the immorality of sexual sin. we got to love our wives. Amen. Husbands and wives, you need to love your husbands. Amen. 
You know, the immorality of sexual sins, self-pleasure, and lust for the opposite gender was very predominant in Greek culture. Yes, it was. The only, I want to say this tonight, okay? The only, and I just want to say this tonight, there's deliverance and hope for those that are lost. Jesus came to set the captives free. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus came to open prison doors. To loosen chains, to open blind eyes, to set the captives free, to bring them in the right relationship with, with who God has for them in their life. Amen. And right now, we just take authority over the mind blinders, over this world system and those that are bound in, in sexual immorality, that their eyes would be open and they would be free in Jesus' name through the blood. Amen. Hallelujah. I just had to declare that tonight. I felt it in my spirit. So the only true love that one can experience is the love that God established in the beginning. Anything outside of that is really lust and not love. You know, some people, they're in lust and not really in love. They don't really love one another. They're just doing, they just, they want the other individual just for their sexual desires. You know, and that's not love, that's lust. You know, God created, you know, sex is a beautiful thing between a husband and a wife, not a lustful thing. You know, and when we're just when we're just doing, you know, the, the lustfulness of sexual pleasure, whether it's through, you know, inordinate relationships or relationship after relationship that's not in covenant or self-gratification, whatever the case may be, that is absolutely sin. It's against the covenant of God. It's not right in the eyes of God. This is God's original plan in Genesis, okay? Genesis 2.24, for this reason, a man, watch this now, a man shall leave his father and his mother, amen, and shall be joined to who? His wife, and they shall become one flesh. Glory to God. Hallelujah. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother, and they shall be, and they shall be joined, he shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Amen. This is God's original plan. Again, in Ephesians 5, 31 through 32, Paul goes on to say, For this reason shall a man, a man shall leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined faithfully devoted to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You know, I laugh sometimes with my wife because, you know, we could be thinking the same thing at the same time. You know, we've been married now for 36 years, but been joined together as a couple for 41 years. Amen. And that's a beautiful thing. That's over half of our life. Amen. That we've known each other and, and have grown close to each other and have grown to love each other more and more. Amen. Each and every day. But I laugh sometimes because uh, my wife will look at me and, and, and I just kind of instantly know what she's thinking. I'm like, you want ice cream right now, don't you? She's like, how'd you know? And I go, you want peanut butter chocolate chip ice cream, right? She goes, how did you know? And it, it, it's just an amazing thing. It's little things like that, you know, it's... You begin to grow on, to grow into one another, you begin to think alike, and and begin to have the same desires. And you know, as a husband desires to serve God and become the leader of his home, the the wife as well begins to desire and take her role as the wife in the home and a faithful mom. Amen. And it's just a beautiful thing. Amen. And the Bible goes on to say here in verse 32 of Ephesians 5, this is the mystery of two becoming one. It's great, but I'm speaking in reference to the relationship of Christ and the church. You know, the closer we get with God through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, the more we have this deep love 
for him. This deep-seated love in our spirit. And it's like, God, we love you so much. We don't know how much we can, we, we don't know how to repay you, but because you died for us. You gave us the very best. You sent from heaven, you sent heaven's very best for our sins so that we might experience, amen, resurrection life, this life of redemption, this life of power now against darkness. Even though darkness tries to prevail, Lord, you help us walk in the light every single day because you love us. Your word is alive in us. Your truth is alive in us. And I thank you for that tonight. You know, love will proceed to flow out of a marriage that displays the attributes found in the Word of God. Amen. Let's look at Philippians 2, 3 through 7. This is out of the New American Standard. I like the way it was written in this version. It says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind and regard for one another, regard, excuse me, regard one another as more important than yourselves. You know, really, that's where it begins. God, I prefer my wife over myself, whatever her desires are. You know, sometimes we want to do stuff, certain things, you know, but sometimes we just have this check in our spirit. You know what? Today I'm going to lay low. I'm going to do what, I'm going to do what my wife desires today. Amen? Or vice versa. I'm going to do what my husband desires. We have to learn, you know, how to give and take. This is, this is the beauty of marriage, the beauty of the covenant relationship between a husband and a wife. You know, wife will honor you so much when you put your stuff aside and you put her first, and vice versa. When she puts her stuff aside and honors you, you, you begin to look at her in a different way, and it's like, man, you know, that's awesome. You know what I mean? And, and we do it with no complaints. You know, we just do, okay, praise God. You know, we're going to roll. We're going to move forward. You know, and, and you know, we, it's, it's, it's about self-denial, really, what it comes down to. You know, and, you know, a pastor... In San Jose that I sat under for years used to tell me, self-denial, Brother Philip, self-denial is the greatest weapon against the enemy. And I honestly, strongly believe that with everything that's within me. When we are able to deny ourselves, that is the greatest weapon against the enemy. Why? Because the enemy wants to bring in disruption, division, deception. He wants to lie. But when there's this unfor when there is this unconditional love, this forgiveness, this love, this this unselfish love, this, this, you know, dying of the flesh so that Christ can live, so we can learn how to love, how He wants us to love our spouse. It just, it just works miracles in the marriage relationship. Amen. Glory to God. It says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. How many are ready to have this attitude tonight? Amen. I'm ready to have this attitude that was in Christ Jesus. What is this attitude? Who, although he existed in the form of God, okay, he, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. Amen. This is where it begins. He emptied himself, taking upon himself the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. Amen. He emptied himself and took upon himself the form of a servant. That is true humility. Amen. You know, some guys will say, well, I'm not going to wash dishes. That's a woman's thing. Or, you know, I'm not going to wash clothes. And, you know, that's for, that's for, for women. Or I'm not going to vacuum. That's, you know, the household chores are the wife's chores. And, you know, I do the outside because I'm a man. 
<laughs> I laugh at that sometimes, you know. I'm macho, I'm a man. You know, I you know, I'll wash the dishes, I'll throw my dirty work clothes in the laundry, it don't matter. Hey man, I'm not gonna wait. You know, if I see something that needs to be done, I'm gonna do it because it's the right thing to do. Amen. Don't just just wait for the other individual, you know, to be so burnt out because they're, you know, we live in a fast-paced society today. Amen. This isn't the leave it to beaver generation. Amen. You know, with Mrs. and Mr. and Mrs. Cleaver. Amen. This is this is the 21st century. Amen. And not that we we've shifted away from right morals and principles. Amen. In in, in family relation in, in family life. Amen. As as believers. In the unbelievers, they're gonna they're gonna shift in in morality all the time. But as believers, we've always kept this sound relationship because our, we're rooted and grounded in Christ. Amen. I, I, I you know, a brother said one time, you know, I, I do every, you know, I rule my own household. I run my own household. I run the vacuum cleaner. I run the washing machine. I run the dishwasher. Hey, whatever. You know what I mean? We just have to be able to humble ourselves. That's my key. I mean, that, that is my point tonight. Empty yourself. Take upon yourself the form of a bondservant. And be made in the likeness of man. Amen. Submit yourselves to one another in the fear of God. Remember, we began this message tonight about living life in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit continually. As you continually walk in the Spirit, you're not going to have this, you know... This thing within you that says, oh, you know, they don't ever do this or they don't ever do that. Start nitpicking and they don't ever do this. You know what? You do it then. Amen. Don't focus on the negative. Focus on the positive. Amen. Be optimistic. Don't be pessimistic. Be optimistic. Think positive. Think about good outcomes. Think about positive things. Amen. Say, praise God that you gave me the arms and the legs and the hands to do something for myself. Amen. You know, I, I learned how to... You know, somehow wash clothes when I was a single man. I kind of messed up a lot and tried to learn how to, you know, cook my own meals. Amen. When I was living on my own and I moved out as a young man, you know, but, you know, it's, you know, I learned how to do those things, you know. And even when I did, I, I didn't, you know, bring all my laundry to my mom's house at 30-some years old or 20-some years old and say, Mom, can you do my laundry? I figured it out. Amen. Figure it out, guys. Amen. It's not hard. It's simple. It's simple when you empty yourself out before God, number one, and you take upon yourself the form of a servant. Amen. And this is for a wife and husband. Amen. This means both husband and wife are instructed to put aside selfish desires by first serving the Creator. Amen. Number one, first serving the Father in heaven. Amen. Put aside our selfish desires. God, we serve you, number one. We put aside our desires. And then we serve each other and provide for one another's needs because that's how the Lord said to do it. Amen. What would Jesus do? He would do exactly what the Word says. What do we do? We do what the Word says. Amen. So in a covenant marital relationship between a man and a woman, when either one seeks to selfishly meet their own needs or demands, there's going to be conflict. Of course there is. You do it. No. You do it. You know, at that point, nothing gets done. Nothing gets accomplished. And there's a little bit of heat added to the elements. <laughs> you know what? You know, you just might be sleeping on the couch. <laughs> you might go to bed without dinner. I don't know what the case may be. Amen. 
You know, somebody said, you know, I'm just going to get a bigger house with more rooms. With, 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 and I always say, you know, it don't matter if you get the bigger house. That don't solve anything. All you got is more. If, you, if you're not living right, all you got is more doors to slam, more, more windows to slam, more dishes to throw. Amen. It doesn't mean that anything's going to change. What changes is our heart, our character. Amen. And as we change, we're able to yield to the love of God, and yield and submit ourselves one to another in the fear of God. Amen. Glory to God. In a covenant relationship, the husband and wife should be a living, a living according to God's Word. You know, we begin this message on family life in Ephesians 5.21. And Paul, Paul instructed the church at Ephesus, amen, we began this. He said, be subject one to another. And really, that's where it comes down to. We need to be subject one to another. Amen. Wives, husbands, we need to be subject one to another. Amen. So in closing tonight, amen. Before we get it, before we close tonight, I want to read one more passage of scripture. Colossians 3.19. God tells us, men, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Okay? You know, don't call her up and start telling her, you know what? Ah, 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 ah. You know, don't be harsh with them. You know, I've had to catch myself, I've caught myself many times. That's right, many times, and, and I've had to make things right, you know, where, where I, I felt like I was out of tune with, with my conversation, and I'm like, God, my heart was not, it didn't seem like I, I, I came across the right way, you know, and I had to ask God, God, forgive me if, if I'm coming across the wrong way here, amen, and you know, we have to ask for forgiveness, amen, when, when, we're, when we're doing things that are contrary to the word, because it can happen, amen, nobody has the perfect marriage, it's always going to be challenging equally as well. But we have to learn how to love like God called us to love. Amen. Ephesians 5.33 in closing says, However, each man among you without exception is to love his wife as his very own self with behavior worthy of respect and esteem, always seeking the best for her with an attitude of loving kindness. And it goes on to say, And the wife must see to it that she respects and delights in her husband, that she notices him and prefers him and treats him with loving concern, treasuring him, honoring him, and holding him dear. You know, I really pray that tonight's word was really uh, helpful to you as couples. You know, it's anytime we begin to talk about the relationship between a man and a woman, sometimes there's, you know, there's, there's heat that comes, you know, Bible says iron sharpens iron. You know, and, and I remember uh, years ago uh, when I was attending a Filipino church and there was a man that, that got up and testified and he said, you know, um, I, I cannot get along with my wife and, you know, I just, you know, and one day the Holy Spirit told him, put a rock in your, put a pebble in your pocket. He says every time, you know, his wife would get on his nerves, he'd reach in his pocket and he'd just rub that stone because he was biting his tongue and he was... It says, till one day, he rubbed, 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 and he says, praise God, I'm delivered. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. That's a lot of rubbing on that pebble, I was saying. Amen. But I just want to say, you know, we need to follow the biblical principles of the Word. It is my prayer tonight that God helps all of us become better in our marriage relationship, in our covenant. So let's just close with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for these messages on the role of the wife and the role of the husband. As we continue on in the weeks ahead, just give us greater understanding. 
Lord, help us to be those individuals that you've called us to become, that you desire us to become. Help us to move in that agapeo love, that unconditional love, that unselfish love. Lord, we thank you tonight because you've called us to become one in the spirit and one in the flesh. And it's my prayer tonight that every married couple, those that are listening tonight, those that may be even contemplating marriage, that, Lord, you would enlighten their understanding. Let their relationships be healthy. Let their relationship with their husband and wife be successful. Let it, let it, let it be that which, which is a divine image of you in the church. We thank you tonight and we give you the glory and the honor. I just want to say from River Community Fellowship, Word Wednesday, awesome time tonight, family of God. Loving God, loving people, loving life. We will see you in the next session. God bless you and I hope you enjoyed the Word tonight. Have a great week. Amen.